0: Um, We're excited. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in our culture. Uh, The Lord just started to speak to me a little bit um, today, or this week, about some things. And uh, so I'm excited to share that with you, uh, as well as start a new series here. We are starting a series um, that we've been in two weeks already that you didn't know about, called Worship, Grow, Go. And uh, this is going to take us through May. So we're actually going to focus for several weeks, a couple months, on worship. Just going deep in worship. We have several people coming uh, to speak into that. Uh, My good friend Jamie Van Gelder from Minnesota is going to be here in February. Yep. And then we're going to focus on grow, and we've got people speaking and specifically speaking on grow, on discipleship, growing as healthy people, growing healthy in the Lord, healthy relationships, things like that. Uh, and then we're going to be speaking on go, go, right? The Great Commission, last week we, we introduced that a bit, uh, to go, be the Great Commission, right? Make disciples. Be, be, be the, the love of Jesus everywhere you go And to those around you And uh, Scott Thompson, my friend uh, from Georgia Is going to be here in May uh, to help out with that one as well And uh, in August, we have a fun guy coming from Upper Room Dallas His name's Peter Lewis uh, So we're super excited we're, we're connecting, yep So that's confirmed um, And I know Nicole has invited a friend of ours Catherine Mullins to come lead worship uh, here in the next uh, couple months, we hope, or a few months. We were hoping she could come during that section of worship, uh, but we're kind of going back and forth to see about dates. So anyway, a lot of fun stuff happening, a lot of things going on, but how many enjoyed just the beauty of the snow falling yesterday? If you live north of 70, you saw a beautiful snowfall, um, and it was just really peaceful. Um, Nicole and I, we, we met um, Josh and Angie for brunch yesterday, and we're driving down, we hit 70, it was like no snow, we hit Dayton, there was absolutely no white at all. Like, well, what happened? Whereas we had two inches in our yard for a few hours yesterday, and um, I just took a video, and it just, man, it was just the peace of the Lord. Like, and just, just that moment. Anybody have those moments where you just realize something really special is happening, and you don't want to miss the beauty in that moment? When we stop the busyness, we stop the focus of what's going on in our culture, we stop the busyness of what's happening in our government, in our nation, and our jobs, and our finances, and whatever that we're dealing with stops, and we just focus on the beauty of the Lord. That was one of those moments for me yesterday, so it really uh, helped solidify and confirm what I was speaking on today is there is so much chaos, and there's so much going on right now. We're in the midst of a 21-day fast as a church. This is our last week. Coming up is our last week. So if this is your first week here, or you've just forgot about it, or, or whatever, I want to encourage you, join us just on this last week, a corporate fast. Now, many of us, and, and biblically, it's typically food that you give up, and if you don't put something in the place of it godly, it's really a glorified diet, so you're trading up maybe, maybe a lunch, and your lunch period becomes Bible, Word, worship, something like that. But each week I focus on something different beyond food, and and one week was, was negativity, trying to fast negativity. And when you start to fast some of these things, it's amazed how much comes to light of how negative you really are, or I am. Part of that was like gossip and talking about other people, mostly at the workplace, around the coffee table, you know? Like, oh man, can you believe that shift yesterday? Blah, 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 right? You know, that's, that's how we all do. And in our own little ways in those break rooms or around those people or, or this or that, right? And as you begin to fast that, it's, it, it comes to light like, oh my goodness, I, I was that guy. This week I gave up media and news. What an amazing week to give up news. Amen? <laughs> I was like, yes, missed all of that. I just asked my brother, hey, give me a 10-minute recap. What's going on? What do I really need to know? Because, like, he's an expert of things going on right now. Uh, so, Matt, tell me, give me the skinny. What's the cliff notes? What's the Matt notes on that? So, it's been kind of fun, but each week I've kind of picked a different thing. So, I just encourage you, maybe you can't do food. Maybe you've never done a fast. Just join us this last week. Something. It could be social media. There's a big waste of time most often. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> They're wanting to shut things down anyway So might as well fast it and get ready for it Just kidding, all right? I'm not going to push into too much today It might offend some of you and... Not that I actually No, let me I can't make that sentence as a pastor <laughs> Let's just say I want to please the Lord more than I want to please you And I fear him more than I fear man So we'll leave it at that However, we do want to focus more on Jesus Than anything else We want our focus to be on him. When our focus is on the Lord, our focus isn't on the problems. Our focus is on the solution. When our focus is in his presence, all of a sudden problems disappear. And I want to make sure we as a church don't ignore and put our head in the sand of all the issues and stuff going on. All right? That's ignorant. We have to be aware of what the culture is. We have to know what to pray for. We have to know what battles we may face. But at the same time, our focus and our hope has to be Jesus. So that's part of what we're going into this week, and I'm just going to launch kind of the whole series as a whole between last week and this week with more of an emphasis on worship today. But last week, just a little recap, Matthew 28, 16 through 20 was the main verses. So if you weren't here, just catch it online. But I do want to start from where we left off last week. Matthew 28:16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Before we can go, we have to bow down and worship. We have to go from a place of presence and a place of worship and a place of being full of Jesus, right? So they first, before they're commissioned to go make disciples here in a moment, they are bowed down and they worship Jesus. And it says, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Let, Let me just say, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And sometimes there's doubts that come in. Sometimes there's fears that come in. But even in our doubt, we know we can worship Jesus. Even in those fears, even in those issues, we know that Jesus is worthy of worship and he's worthy of us being in wonder of him and us being in awe of him, right? And that we fear the Lord. A healthy respect and reverence for the Lord. And then it says this, "'And Jesus came and said to them, "'All authority in heaven and on earth "'has been given to me. "'Go therefore and make disciples to all nations, "'baptizing them in the name of the Father, "'son, and Holy Spirit, "'teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, "'and behold, I am with you always to the end of age.'" So listen. Last week it was more about the go, but we included worship. That, that it's the alignment for the assignment, right? That freely we receive, freely we give, and we can't give something we don't have. So last week we commissioned a new team called Thrive, Thrive Disciple Ministry, and. We had um, roughly 10 people sign up. It worked out perfect to whether there was one person per discipler or mentor or, or person that could uh, pour into them. So it's perfect start. So we're so thankful and we're excited. But if you're interested in that, still see, see Steve or sign up, email us, whatever, and we will make sure that we get you on that list. But this was an amazing thing. But yet all of us received a commissioning last week to go that in our going, we make disciples. And we talked about the influence that whether we know it or not or whether we like it or not, we influence when we make disciples around us, our kids, our workplace. When we're driving and somebody cuts us off <laughs> and you got that little Igthu's fish symbol on the back of your car and you just gave somebody the bird, not making good disciples there, all right? <laughs> Please don't do that, especially if there's an Upper Room logo on the back of your car. <laughs> Things not to do as a Christian, all right? Now, you can bless them, okay? But don't bless them. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But Here's the deal. You are making disciples whether you know it or not, but I want to confront something from this week because I feel the enemy's been on a campaign. He's been on assignment to induce fear to all of us. And and there's a few words that the Lord gave me this week, and I wanted to start here before we go into the actual message. So this is like intro part two, all right? And then we'll get into intro part three and then the message and then five closings. You know me all. So, But here's the deal, I feel like there were some words that the Lord gave me that, that first off, the fear thing. There has been so many fear tactics, and I'll be honest, there is so much crap media coming from the left and the right and everything else. And let me just tell you, let me remind you, God's not a Republican or a Democrat. Now, he might be a libertarian because he's he's here to set captives free and liberate, right? No, I'm just kidding. You actually laughed at that. I was like, no, let's not be dead, but... But the point is this, that that the enemy's on this assignment. He is is trying to make us fearful. He's trying to divide us. I talked last week about the divisiveness of these tools, about mask, no mask. You know, uh, the politics, the racial stuff. All these things have been used as a tool to divide not only the nation, but the believers. Believers are at each other. And this week, fear thing set in hard. Fear thing with all this meeting. Let me just tell you, you, you have to tune into the Holy Spirit right now. We're going to get there throughout this message. You have to tune in to knowledge and revelation from the Lord. There's so much stuff, and you have to sift through that and filter that and be strong enough in your faith to know that, okay, this may or may not happen, but I trust Jesus no matter what. Just like the guys facing the fiery furnace. We know God. Their prayer was, we know you can bring us through this. We know you can deliver us through this fiery furnace, but no matter what, we trust you. That's our faith moving in through some of these troubled times and these realities that we may face, but no matter what, we trust the Lord. So these verses came to me maybe about fears, like perfect love casts out all fear. For God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and what? A sound mind. Wisdom, right? Wisdom to know how to navigate. Wisdom to know that his grace is sufficient for all of our needs, no matter what we go through, how bad it gets. And then they gave me these three words. Right now in our culture, I believe there's three things happening this week, this past week, chaos, corruption, and chatter. Those are the words that the Lord. There's so much corruption that's coming out. There's so much corruption that we're seeing in all parties, in all, all industries, honestly. It's not just politics, it's so much, all right? There is so much chaos. And then there's this chatter, 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 chatter. Chatter, what do you believe, what do you not, what's going on, what's real, what's really going to happen, oh, oh, we're going to go to martial law, what, Ah, there's all of this stuff and chatter, but the Lord said he's bringing this, he's bringing calm to the storm, he's bringing clarity, he's bringing covenant, covering and cleansing those are the words I held on to, and I shared that with the pastors on Friday. And then the very thing is, uh, we start, we're listening to this song, we're soaking as a pastoral group, and we're, we're worshiping and praying, and we, we're in about 15, 20 minutes, and I write down that word cleansing, and then all of a sudden it's a song that starts singing about cleansing. There is a cleansing, there is a cleansing, by I think Maverick City or something. I don't know what song. Don't ask me. I'm terrible at this. But the thing is, like, I believe there is a cleansing going on, and sometimes things, like, involve a deep surgery. And sometimes those things are hard to get through and sometimes you're gonna hear a lot of stuff and sometimes it may get worse before it gets better. Sometimes that infection's deep and and right now in America in our our, (laughs) worshiping false idols and worshiping people and figures and people in leadership, not in the church and not in, in Christ, but all these other things and our trust has been placed in the wrong idols. So sometimes a deep surgery has to happen in a nation to where it's painful and it's hurtful and it's hard, but God, but God, we can't think that we're the only nation that God loves. We can't think that, we're the, that God is a Republican or a Democrat. He's everything. But you know where there's not chaos and corruption and chatter? There's only worship and peace. Heaven. And how many believe that we can live in a heaven realm here on earth? It's not just heaven as a destination I'm going to reveal that in one of the, the words that we read today In the translation is not just a destination But a heaven reality is a lifestyle So let me move on here Psalms 91:14 through 16 says this and I'm going to be reading a lot Quite a bit actually out of the um, The passion, passion Translation And I'm going to read a lot of scripture today So for that I need to hydrate we got a new water bottle fill station out there. How many have seen that? That's pretty awesome. Here's the problem with that. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll recycle and do that today. Those of you who don't know, I chew gum before I speak every time. And as I'm chewing my gum and I can't speak clearly because my mouth gets dry, I usually spit it into the water bottle as I speak, and you never know it. Now I don't know what to do. i got to reuse this thing. So, Psalm 91:14 through 16. Only about an hour more. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as a great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. There is hope in the word of Jesus. There is hope in his promises. And the last line says, you will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. That is a good word of safety and security to hold on to that God's got our back. All we do is surrender to him. All we do is bow to him, worship him, right? Surrender to his greatness, be in wonder and awe and love with him. And all of a sudden he's got us in is safe, secure place let me let me move on here don't think that we're alone there's others in the bible that have set a precedence moving through tragic difficult even political times just to name a few there's david right david who's running from saul and i'm going to get a little bit more into that there's daniel there's paul paul was in prison when he wrote many of the letters to the churches there's persecution there. There's, 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 there's empires that were running governments and, and nations and these, these areas that were corrupt and terrible. And then Jesus. Jesus, Pontius Pilate himself, had an opportunity to free Jesus, but he freed Barabbas. And he not only didn't free Jesus and hold him in captivity, he gave him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Come on, Jesus faced this. But guess what? That became a demonstration how we handle our opposers, how we handle those who persecute us, either physically or by mouth or by word or or all of these, whatever it might be. Jesus became that example. So Paul writes it like this, from prison, by the way. Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. He says this, That the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope in which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in the right hand in the heavenly places." Now, now, don't forget that they are seated in heaven, that Jesus is seated in heaven next to the Father, right? Interceding on our behalf. Now, here comes the fun part. Now, that heavenly places, that heavenly word there is from a translation that's not just destination. That's not just the eternal destination, but a heavenly realm, all right? And then it says, far above rule and authority and power and dominion. Jesus is far above all dominion and power and authority and politics, and above every name that is named not only in this age but all the ages to come from now and in the future and it says this and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church God has authority and church has a role in this with authority why because we have Christ we shouldn't be panicking we shouldn't now I again I believe wisdom in revelation I believe in wisdom God gave us the spirit of wisdom but we shouldn't be panicking. I'll be honest, like in the first time of my life, I'm actually starting to look forward to the return of Jesus. I'm not saying I never didn't want it, I'm just saying I want to save people. There's still too many lost people. I don't want Jesus to come back yet. But now I'm like, man, there's some crazy times possibly coming, there's some issues going on. I don't know what culture's looking like right now. Jesus is cool if you come. But he says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, I want to just briefly talk on something here uh, and then move on. But here's the deal. Far above rule and authority, power and dominion. And it says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. If you remember, there's several references in the Bible. There's several verses in the Bible that talk about we get to crush fate, Satan under our feet. Now, think of this. Now, all principalities, all, everything is under Christ's feet and given authority to him in the church. We have this authority. We have this assurance. We have this safety and security as believers, as sons and daughters of Jesus, that we don't have to worry about this. Guess what? I'm going to fight my battles by bowing down to Jesus and see what happens. Now, I'm not saying be silent. (laughs) I believe we stand up for righteousness. I believe we need to stand up for justice when there's injustices. Don't, don't catch me the wrong way. I loved what Lydia said and how she worded it. There is a time for a sword and there is a time to be laid down lovers. There is a time to work in the house and there's a time to worship in the house. And I believe that most of our battles will be done in humility on our knees. But I don't disagree with fighting for what's right and having a voice. I'll be honest, it frustrated me to see so many Christians and even pastors condemning those who went to DC within the last couple of weeks for righteous reasons to prayer. If you didn't know this, there was nearly a million people that showed up and only a couple hundred that actually were issues and rioters. Now, now, let me just give you a couple facts. There was a prayer meeting going on there with a prayer tent on the lawn of the Capitol. That's not in the media. Again, there's a lot of chatter. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus. There are good things happening in in this nation. There's good things that were happening that day, and there was bad things that were happening that day. But the reality is there is a movement that's happening. There's something that's happening, and and Jesus has it all under his feet anyway. It was not wrong to go to the Capitol to pray and bless a nation and be in prayer and, and, and other things. It was wrong to be violent. It was wrong to enter a building you were not invited to. That was wrong. I'm not going to go there. But our focus is Jesus. But we have to remove the scales from our eyes and tune in to Jesus. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. I just remember Jesus' prayer and his conversation with God the Father. Abide in me. I in you. You in me. If only people could see and know and experience what we have with each other. There is that abiding power that when we rest in, in, in assurance and peace and safety and security in Jesus and know that he's got this... Man, it makes our lives so much easier Then I can focus on fun things And I can, I can have a, you know intentional time with my kids And not be worrying about what's going on here And what's happening What did it say? Oh, what's going on now? Come on <laughs> Filter it out Again, be wise Stand up for righteousness I, I want to finish my thought I got really distracted I got frustrated after knowing There was hundreds of thousands of people there to pray Not to protest, to pray I got frustrated seeing Christians condemn all people who were involved in that, and I got frustrated seeing Christian leaders condemn all people who were involved in that. I learned, just even in my young years, never use the words always, never, and all. I don't know if we've read our Bible, but there were times of war. There were times where people went to battle. There were times when people stood up for what was right. There was times where God, you know, ordered different people to go fight do it and there are times like lydia says that we put down the sword and we pray knowing that i i'm not advocating violence i'm not advocating doing things and being places and being lawless okay we have to serve and we have to serve our community and our nation and we have to obey the laws of the land as the word tells us to do and we honor those in authority and in government But we can't blanket everybody. We can't blanket that 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 all believers are this way or all these people are this way or all sinners and worldly people are this way. No. We are all very unique and very special and very amazing to the Lord. Some of us just may not know him yet. All right. Let me let me take you to the story, Luke ten, thirty eight through forty two. My rant's over on that part, but it connects. Switching back to regular water bottles, just so you know. <laughs> Luke 10, 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. As she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is a story about the disciples are going to this house, all right? And and now now, I, I want to just remind you. Like last week, we didn't focus much on grow. It's because the grow already happened, all right? Those disciples had already been discipled by Jesus himself, and now they were being commissioned to go. Here's in that process of growing. They're coming to a house to eat, to spend time, to, to connect, to grow together and grow in the Lord, to grow in Jesus, right? He's teaching them. So as they go, now Martha, she's focused on the grow. And Martha's busy working, and she's, she's serving. And, and, and let me just say, actually, when, when, when Martha's saying to condemn Mary... Jesus never actually condemned Martha. He didn't say what she was doing was wrong. Just Mary had it right. Now, let me let me just put it to you this way: What what Martha was doing wasn't wrong. She just didn't do the right thing first. He's not looking for for laborers. He's looking for laid down lovers. He's not looking for hard workers. He's looking for laid-down lovers that will, that will just submit and surrender to Jesus' feet and be in all of him and worship him. And he's saying, listen, this is great. We're coming to eat because we're hungry. We want to eat. So thank you, Martha. This is how I, I perceive this. Thank you, Martha. But Mary, she's got it special in her heart from my heart. She knows what's right. She knows what's pleasing to me. So we have this, this story unfolding here that, that Mary, and then, so, so there's this thing of tasting and seeing, and, and if we taste and see, and we go from a place of love, and we, we literally go from a place of love, now it's not duty or obligation or laboring, it's actually love. Even in our obedience, even in our, our attempt to be righteous or our attempt to, to, to be without sin or these things that we will fall to as humans, even in that, our greatest motivator is love. If we're doing things just to please the Lord, just to be perfect, just to look good among you, then I'm going to fall harder. I'm going to fall more often. The Bible says, if you love me, then you obey my commands. Oftentimes, we want to obey the commands and then hope that Jesus loves us. That's many of the ways that we grew up. We grew up in churches that, that you know, don't sin, don't sin, don't do it. You know, hell, you'll burn in hell. You'll bur- you know, Versus, man, this is the love of the Father. Let's submit our lives and surrender in all of him. And literally just want to live a life to please him because we're in love. Because we've captivated something in us has been captivated. We've, we've captured his eyes. We've, we've encountered him in such a way that our motivator and the greatest expression is love. I don't want my kids to be obedient and take out the trash just because they're afraid they might get whooped. Or time out or a chore trade. We do chore trades a lot. The kids have not shut the chickens the last two nights in a row. We've got some conversations to have today I gotta go see if they're all still there <laughs> We have lots of raccoons, foxes, and coyotes at our place But I don't want them not to do that because they're afraid of me I want them to, 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 to be upright and to, to be obedient and to do these things because they love me And because they know I love them This is the beauty of the relationship with God. It's not religion. It's not based on rules and regulations and how good you can be. Where's our hearts? Let me move on here. There's a woman with an alabaster jar, and this is found in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And and she's she's in this house, and she pours out this expensive perfume on Jesus. And, And what's interesting is like, The guys in the house are like, why'd she do that? That could be sold for a lot of money. And, And Jesus says, she's doing what's right. Her heart is in the right place, and she's preparing me. He literally says, she's preparing me for burial. Meaning, she has a revelation that I'm about to go to the cross and die for her and be eternal with her. This is the revelation that we get to have. And let me just say this, the greater our revelation of God, the greater and deeper our worship will ever be. The greater revelation we have of who he is The greater he'll be in our heart And the deeper our worship and and expectation is Because he's that good, he's that big Let me close with this And Andrew, you can come I'm going to close with a a psalm But first I want to read something That's been our heart's focus for this worship piece Sorry, that was just like a hard closing I didn't even butter you up for that one I got to the end of my notes. I'm like, oh, I'm there. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> so, Psalm, David says this, and I, and I just want to reiterate that when, when David was speaking and writing some of these Psalms, David was in distress. David was, was oftentimes running for his life to avoid being killed by Saul. Even his family at times, he pulled them all up, and he had to move from a na- one nation or region to another. His entire family and, and then he writes this thing i'm about to read you and and this was times where he was running for his life this was times where where saul was a very evil king and jealous again not the first time that we've been in a situation as believers or as people of god where there's been chaos and turmoil and issues and corruption going on we can't we can't be in the mindset that we're the only ones we've got it worse than anybody else no it's tragic it's tragic. We had some opportunities to change some history, and it's tragic. But God. But God. Amen. But God. And suddenly, God. And I know there's still hope. I know there's still seeds of faith. And mustard seeds is all it takes. But let me, let me just finish this. So David's running for his life. And we get to Psalm 27.4. And it says this, One thing I have asked the Lord. That I will seek after. (laughs) I I just find that absolutely amazing. He's running for his life. He just had to uproot and move his entire family. And this one thing he asked not safety, not prosperity, not a safe house or so many things that we want to focus on. This one thing I have asked the Lord, Psalm 27, 4, that I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life i love this part and i will gaze upon the beauty of the lord and inquire in his temple just one thing the reason we're focusing so much on worship and the reason we're going probably at least two months on worship and what that is because let me just remind you worship just isn't a song worship just isn't on a sunday singing a hymn or a, or a praise song that, that's That's not the only worship. That's just a small fraction of what worship is. But truly, the reality is, worship is an adoration in our heart for a king. Pam worships with flags, Melissa worships with a jump. (laughs) Today, Lisa worshiped with a painting and a brush. These are all forms of worship. We, we worship in our car. We speak to the Lord. We adore him. Without even song, we can speak and just adore him. And we've now entered into a realm of worship. Worship is far bigger than a song sang in a church or on YouTube or Spotify. Worship is literally a position of our heart acknowledging how amazing and how big and how awesome and how wonderful and how beautiful he really is. And let me just tell you, when we enter into that realm... A lot of stuff gets fixed A lot of stuff dissipates and disappears And doesn't much matter anymore I want to close with this Last verse It's a chapter in Psalm in the Passion Translation Psalm 63 I I was at work this week And a lot of A lot of stuff going on at work A lot of stuff going on everywhere Even though I've been trying to fast news I still hear a lot I have a coffee cup. I love coffee. It's definitely heaven's juice. Okay? Not opposed to that. So I'm drinking on some of heaven's juice, right? Because he brews. <laughs> As I get older, the dad jokes just get better. Didn't even plan that one. So I'm sipping on a coffee cup and it's got a deer on it and it's got these deer antlers. And I've I've drank out of this coffee cup. We just randomly grab cups from the cabinet. And I drink coffee every morning with the guys and the firefighters and enjoy that time. I I really enjoy that time to catch up and hear what's going on in their lives. And I'm in an officer's meeting. And um, there's a room full of just officers. And we're in there. And uh, Matt, Chief Simmons, running sound today, is casting some vision. And I look at my cup, and I never realize it said Psalm 63.1 on it. I was like, oh, there's a Bible verse on this coffee cup. Cool. I was like, what's that say? And I go to Psalm 63. I'm like, man, that was just perfect for me for that moment, for midweek this week. And it just spoke to my heart. And as I began to read this and meditate on this entire chapter through the week, I was like, this is how I believe the Lord wants to end service today. Then we're going to just end in worship. And I've asked Andrew just to lead us into worship We'll do that for a few minutes, and then we have a prayer team that was commissioned last week. There was prayer, prayer team training. Thank you, Josh. So we'll end with that, and if anybody online needs prayer, we would love for you to put it in the messages, and we'll respond to that and get with you. But I want to end service with just worship, just us being laid-down lovers, us, us being Mary's or the woman with the alabaster jar of oil or perfume, and we just pour it out on Jesus. But here's what Psalm 63 says. Oh, God of my life, I'm love sick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described, such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love to praise you, God. I want this to be my life story. I want this to be my life song, that I just want to be in his presence. This one thing I desire, to worship, to praise, to be in his presence. It says, Daily I will worship you passionately and with all of my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my song of delight and joy. I once heard Bill Johnson say that uh, he created night then day, so he says your day actually starts at night and he turns his affection to the Lord as he falls asleep, so he starts his day right. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell. They will be consumed by their own evil and become nothing more than the dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever. But with the anointing of a king, I will dance and I will rejoice, along with all the lovers who trust in him. That is so beautiful, and in my opinion, poetic and deep and intimate. An invitational. I wanna be a lover of Jesus. David was once called in the Bible the man after God's own heart. I wanna be a man. I wanna be a son after God's own heart. Will you just stand with me? I wanna invite you just to a time of worship for a few moments. And I want to say that you can stay here as long as you want. We may transition to computer music if it goes too long. There is an open invitation right now to be laid down lovers. There's an open invitation to to just be at his feet. And and like I was just about to say a little while ago, we're focusing so much on worship because we know if we get that deep in our soul, we'll know who we are and whose we are. We'll know the Lord. We'll know him. We'll know him intimately. And let me just tell you, these other things come naturally once we're deep with him. Once we're intimate, once once we're in his presence, once we're full of his love and knowing him and passionate about him, and, and have that revelation of who he is, this stuff, the growing just naturally happens, and the going comes from a commissioning from the filling up. So I, this is just an invitation to worship. So I'll start with prayer, and then we'll we'll close. But those who are still in a worship realm or a prayer time, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. But there will be an open invitation to prayer if you need specific prayer. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, we just turn our hearts to you right now. We're not going to ask anything in this moment. We're literally just going to adore you. Just in your own way, begin to just lift up the Lord. You can, you can do that out loud or silent. Lord, we bless you. You are worthy. You are exalted. You're above every name. Jesus, your name is exalted. Yahweh, you are high and lifted up. There is none like you. We bless you, Jesus. You are worthy you're worthy of our worship not for what you do but simply for who you are Jesus so Lord we turn our hearts and our affection and our adoration to you and we put you on a pedestal we just invite you to the front or in the aisles or to sit or even to lay down and and just bow before the king right now in whatever way you wish to worship bless you Jesus we thank you Lord